Welcome to another episode of It's Worth Living. All right. Th- uh, we want to thank everyone again for um, for listening to our this podcast. As usual, it's always a pleasure to have a new guest. But today, we our new guest, following this, this same uh, topic that we've been talking about, managing your physical health. Today, we have someone who's going to be talking a lot more about our physical health, but focusing on the heart. He is a cardiologist, uh, and he goes by the name of Dr. Phoenix Alsi. Yes, we're related. We're not <laughs> going to get into that more, but uh, but yes. Yeah, so Phoenix, welcome to our podcast today. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, and um, it's a great opportunity to be here. So we're just going to share some information, and hopefully, you know, we can help or help guide some, you know, some people who are listening right now just to a better health. Awesome. 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 Uh, as, as, as Pete said, Dr. Uh, um, Phoenix, uh, we just thank you for just joining our, our, um, the podcast. We know that, um, the heart is, 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 is an important organ. It's one of those organs that we know that, um, um, life or, or, or blood has to pump through it in order for the system to work the way that it should. And um, we know that over time, uh, many people are being, being conscious. Um, some are more aware of the importance of how to take care of this physical body that we've been blessed with. And there's mm-hmm. so many that are not necessarily, they may know, but they don't necessarily want to make the changes that they want. So um, as we begin the um, um, this episode, because we know that it's important and we know a lot of our listeners are going to enjoy it. But what's the one thing that kind of guided you um, into this direction? Because I know medicine is so broad. So what guided you into the field of cardiology? All right. So, yeah, so um, it's a very good question. But um, before we start, I always, um, uh, even at work, I do this. I always, you know, pray for my patients. And either if I'm doing any engagement in speaking, I always like to intervene, you know, put God first and everything. So we're just going to bow our heads just for a quick prayer. And then we'll awesome. start it. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for blessing us with this um um situation we're in. We ask you to partake and as we are about to speak, may you take everything away, be the the one that actually, you know, dictate us what to tell. Use us as a vessel in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so basically medicine is so broad, you know, and then this is all like pretty much impossible to talk about medicine in so short time so it, it's not even fair what you guys doing but <laughs> it's, it, it's always good to you know share some ideas here and there but yeah i i tend to have a lot to say but i'm gonna try to keep it short so pretty much um uh you know i'm gonna say i don't know if you guys have heard of dr ben carson mm-hmm. so pretty much he and i have had the same story so to don't want to elaborate too much, but um, you know, from growing up having not had, you know, I was I was not always the most intelligent person in class. I wasn't always, you know, uh the most intriguing, you know, student in class, but you know, I had a dream and, and first of all, I, I had prayer. So when you asked me that question, you know, it, it kind of like touched way back, you know. Mm-hmm. I uh, you know, I wasn't though I was, you know, raised around for pretty much geniuses, you could say, you know, 
And um, these guys, the grades they were getting, you know, I could only dream of, <laughs> um, you know, making those grades, but it, it never came through. But, you know, raised in you know, a family where prayer was like the most important thing. So mm -hmm. I kind of like always, you know, kept praying and got, you know, asked God to pretty much, um, you know, change my brain, give me a new brain so that I, I could learn and so I could, you know, process things. So long story short, you know, by praying, a lot of praying and fasting, you know, he did that. So um, it wasn't always easy. You know, people are like when they see, you know, oh, congratulations to this. But it wasn't always easy. You know, <laughs> like, if I told you I wanted to, I wanted to become an MD when I was nine. I tell you, you probably laugh in my face. You know, you would tell me, come on. You know, usually you could tell when someone's bright, a young kid, you know, oh, he looks like a doctor. He looks like this. But for me, it didn't come like that. So uh, I, I was called from the worst in my class. Now that's not it's not the same situation, you know, but so I always encourage, you know, folks, especially youngins, you know, if you pray, like if you pray, you got to pray a lot, you got to fast. Of course, not just pray. You got to be consistent. You got to put in the work, but prayer must be a number one thing. So with that one, you know, I, my, my best grades started becoming college, you know, surprisingly, but I don't want to tell you guys the whole story. So I don't want to get back to medicine, but <laughs> Um, it was always, it was, it was not always easy, you know, but, um, with prayer, a lot of fasting and supplications and of course, you know, doing the work, you know, I have a new brain now. So it's pretty much, um, I always tell folks to be careful because if you're not the author of the book, be careful if you come trying to challenge me with that book, because I can recite it and tell you what's in that book, you know? So um, I thank God for giving me this, I don't know, this blessing and be able to share, you know, um, if you had asked me what I ever thought of um, speaking or doing things like that, never, you know, I was, like I said, um, and as my brother's my witness, you know, he's, he was always intelligent, you know, his grades were like super max. Like he, the thing is, they didn't have to try. I was trying hard. I was trying everything. It just wouldn't work out, but uh, you know, but um, you know, God had um plans. So by staying the course and studying hard, you know, He reversed that. So, uh, so basically, answer your question. This is why I always start with prayer. You know, even morning before um surgery or whatnot, I, I always pray. You know, either my patients want or not. I mean. Even if they don't like it, this is my go-to. You know, I always step in with prayer. So <laughs> as, you know, scrubbing in or people are getting ready, you know, I say my prayer, sing my songs, and I get in because I know what he has given me. It's not, you know, with my ability, but it's something that, you know, he, he pretty much, you know, put in me. So I have to always be grateful and continue giving praise for that. So I'm not going to keep it too long because there's a lot to say, but you guys will find it in my book sometime. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is a shortcut version of it. But uh, I was from the worst of my class to now. I'm not there yet, but I can actually, you know, say that uh, he has elevated me to where I was to where I am right now. So that's all. Man, that's, a, that's really a blessing, um, Doc. And um, we thank you for, just what you shared, because I know that many listeners right now um, that are he that's hearing your story 
um, they may feel the same way and they may have heard so many different, you know, they may be in a path where they're thinking, I can't do this. It's difficult. But to hear your story and to hear how um, you didn't give up, you didn't give right. up and you knew the dream that you had. And so I think hearing that also continues to give me, it gives me, it gives me inspiration to keep pushing, <laughs> you know? So I, I do appreciate <laughs> that. Even, you know, even when we're in our field, it's always sometimes, and I, I know people talk about it, it's almost like, hey, are we making a difference? Are we making a difference? And right, so, right. and um, mm -hmm. and I do hope, you know, that for us here on this podcast, that even if we're able to reach one person, um, right. um, we can at least, you know, at least we can rejoice and say, you know, at least we've done, at least we're able to reach that one person and help them make a difference. And so just like in the, you know, just like the, the topic for the month, with physical, mm -hmm. uh, managing your physical health, we yes. want people to be dedicated the same way, even when they're believing and they're seeing like, hey, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. But like mm -hmm. I doctor, I also shared with us, um, ladies and gentlemen, don't give up. If you have faith and don't if you believe, you know that you can make the change. But going right. in like, oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. And then, like you said, don't give up. You should never give up and always think big, you know, like mm -hmm. especially um you know and the impossibles are possible you know you just gotta stay the course you know and i always this is one thing i'm gonna share with everyone like everyone believes in something you know there's no such thing as an atheist you know even the atheist himself you know when he steps on the like on a plane he believes in the pilot will get him to this destination so mm -hmm. we all believe in something Mm -hmm. So the fact that we have a mighty God, you know, that can do mir miraculous things. So we should always, always think big and, you know, um, know that he can work the impossible. So this is, I always believed that, you know, I always wanted to become one, but I couldn't say it out loud. Could you imagine, like, I'm not getting my best grades, but I'm going to tell you I'm, I want to become a doctor. You would laugh in my face, like, so it's um you think big, you keep working at it and you you know you pray, but we all believe in something. So um don't ever give up, you know. When you only don't like succeed if you stop working, but if you continue working, you will you will get there. Just gotta keep pushing. Awesome, awesome. <clears throat> For what it's worth, I always believe that you could do whatever you want since you were little. Because you were always a dedicated person, and that's for sure. Uh, mm. Anybody who's ever played sports with Phoenix always know uh, this guy won't give up. He won't stop <laughs> until he made that hoop. If he think he should have made it and did made it, he's upset at himself and go on practice and practice. So um, yeah, it, it may have been felt like something out uh, out of reach from the beginning, but I always thought you could do this because it, you you never been the type to quit. So as soon as you realize and decided that's what you wanted to do, I always, I knew that you were going to get there. It's just a matter of taking the time and the dedication to make it work. And there you are. I'm very proud of you for that. Um, now, moving, mo moving on to, to um, the, our, our guests, a lot of people we've talked to, a lot of people who've experienced, you know, heart attacks and issues like that, always believe that heart attack comes out of nowhere or, uh, it's something that they they that came unexpectedly. What is your take on that? So, um, being in the field for so long and seeing a lot of cases and uh, with experience, you know, heart attack doesn't just come out of nowhere. Re the reason why 
you know, a heart attack is pretty much like a, you could say like a build up, you know, when somebody's mad, mm -hmm. they've never shown like emotions, but by the mm -hmm. time they actually just explode on you, because you, you know, it's like, it's like someone's punching you slowly or they're stabbing you slowly. But mm -hmm. by the time you say enough is enough and you just bust out and say, that's it. So this is what a heart attack is. So yeah. you could be having clots, you know, in your mm -hmm. arteries the whole time. You didn't know. And it's just come, you know, out of nowhere and just burst. So the best thing is trying to prevent it. And since we're talking about, you know, physical health, everything has to do with physical and diet i don't i don't want to say and because it's pretty much one word mm -hmm. you can't diet without doing the physical aspect of it and you can't do any physical without the diet part of it because they go hand in hand so if you're exercising and you're not on a special diet it's not gonna work mm. so you ever seen the commercials that say eat whatever you want but lose weight that's never <laughs> true <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's never true. You cannot eat whatever you want to still lose weight. It never works like that. So talking about physicality, phys phys physical aspect, it's like training a muscle to get stronger. So you pretty much, you know, um, making it tougher. So when we're talking about physicality, it it pretty much plays the whole point. So, but folks will say, well, what about my genetics? First of all, your genetics is only fifteen to twenty percent, so that could be erased. Just because mm -hmm. you came from a family with um, um, a lot of heart attack and stroke doesn't mean you're going to go through that. So all you really have to do is take the right precautions in order for you to prevent that. And you can. So the 15, 20% is nothing. The most, what really counts is um, your diet is 30%. Your um, exercise is 25%. Your environment, where you live as well, has a big influence on your health. So mm -hmm. that counts. So, and your spirituality, you know, I know a lot of people, but your spirituality, having a mindset, meditation, all that comes into um, spirituality has a lot to do with your health as well. So the 15 to 20% genetics is nothing compared to what you can do to your body. Awesome. So Doc, question for you. Um, in the past, um, you know, heart attacks used, it seems as if heart attack used to affect many older over the age of 50 and up. Um, it right. seems like within the last couple of years, whether it's before mm -hmm. COVID or after, we've noticed that many younger uh -huh. people are having heart yeah. attacks. So share <laughs> so, with us a little bit about that. So, so there's a lot to play with that. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to address that question in that podcast because mm -hmm. there's a lot of technicalities, you know, can't really go into. Mm -hmm. So what's go really going on right now is like the hardening of the arteries are happening so much faster. It means your arteries are getting clogged. So have you ever seen a faucet, right? A tube. Mm -hmm. Let's let's put it uh, as um, a faucet, right? So mm -hmm. you see when the water is coming out, it flushes everything, right? So mm -hmm. what happens to your arteries now, once they start getting clogged, they, they start to get hard. Mm -hmm. When they get hard, they pretty much blood and oxygen cannot flow. So with that, that's how you get a heart attack. And what really gives you um, a heart attack is your diabetes. If your diabetes is not well controlled, you will die of a heart attack. So let me just teach something here. So people who die with stroke 
is from high blood pressure. People who die from a heart attack die from diabetes. So this is how you know which one is which. So yet, in medicine, once you have high blood pressure, most likely, almost 89%, you will get diabetes. And most mm. likely, you will have cholesterol. So all three of them work hand in hand. Why is that? Because once your arteries start to get clogged, there's no oxygen going in and out. So what it does, it hardens, it hardens everything. So you start having diabetes. Now your kidneys, when you have diabetes, it's pretty much you're at risk. Your kidneys is not functioning right, you know? So in your cholesterol, also your liver starts getting attacked. So it's not performing well. So why do people get cholesterol? It's pretty simple from your diet. Mm -hmm. So cholesterol, your liver makes enough cholesterol for your body and that cholesterol is the good cholesterol so now once you put in something inside your mouth you're not supposed to eat like people eat meat this is why you get high cholesterol if you don't eat meat you're not going to get cholesterol but they're going to say but wait a minute my family has cholesterol and i still have it yeah we do have something that's called you know familial hyperlipidemia or hypercholesterolemia so that's from your genetics. That's only 15%. So you could basically, you know, take that away from your genetics if you eat well. Mm. So if you want your cholesterol to go down or to get rid of your medication, get off meat. But folks are saying, what is meat? Meat is chicken, is um, and yes, fish is meat, you know, uh cheese. So people are like, oh, what is a cheese? I could eat cheese, but cheese is pretty much liquid meat. It's just a liquid form, but it's the same thing. Mm. So to categorize meat, it's pretty much anything that has a head, anything that has um a mouth, eyes, mm. a face that jumps, that swims, that um that pretty much any living, you know, thing is meat. So if you want to get rid of cholesterol and high blood pressure and diabetes, don't eat those things. And it's been shown in peer reviewed that all these things work. But for commercial purposes, no, it, these things are not being pushed out there. But why do you think, let me ask you a, a question. Why do you mm -hmm. think that when you go to your doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, you have high blood pressure or you have high cholesterol. What is the first thing they tell you? eat less they tell you eat more fruits and vegetables right yeah right am i right or wrong that's right so they, so they tell you eat more vegetables and fruits so why isn't that they don't tell you don't eat them don't eat the meat at at all just eat that you would you just come up with your medication and especially i've done that with all my patients because i've had patients who needed surgery so bad the heart is too weak to even perform any procedures, so mm. go home, eat this, eat that for, you know, whatever time, come back, we'll do blood work. By the time they come back, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe, guess what? Every, everything, you know, it, it's, it's no secret, it's no miracle, you know, it works. So you just have to put the right thing in your mouth and in your body. And of course, you have to exercise, you know, you don't have to do so much. 
what you really need to do is 20 to 30 minutes per day. If you can, if not at least two times, you know, three times a week, that works. And also, um, when you're doing exercise, I know people, oh yeah, you got to get your heart rate up and you got to do a lot of cardio. But guess what? If you're doing any lift, you know, weight lifting, it's always better than the cardio. Because as you do weight lifting, you're mm -hmm. doing cardio because it elevates your heart rate anyway. So every time you can put on any, you know, more pounds to your, you know, adjust your body, it helps your heart to accelerate anyway and you pump more blood and get more oxygen out so the whole thing is pretty much get oxygen in and oxygen out so the heart pumps it you know the oxygen in the blood oxygen but to the body and the lungs push everything out and then goes right back out again so pretty much it's diet and exercise you can't separate them if you're dieting and not exercise you're not going to see pretty much anything or if you're doing it vice versa so everything works hand in hand so I've seen so many cases and it, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like, um, one of my uh, colleagues, you know, Dr. Um, Kim Williams, you know, funny thing. He, he talks about the seven Adventist diet, mm. how, because you know, we're the, um, we're the ones that live longer, you know, with, with our diet. So he talks about it, but he's not even SDA. Mm -hmm. he preaches that to his patients every day he, he'll ask you how long do you want to live you know he'll tell you do you want to die of a heart attack do you want to die of a stroke and then they're like so where are you getting at so we're like well follow this diet and guess what it is it's no meat diet you know it's pretty much lettuce tomato all the fruits and vegetables so pretty much we can postpone our funerals if you know it is in God's plan for us to die. You know, although the, the Bible said not all of us will die because some of us are going to be caught up in the air when he comes. So we don't know when that comes. So you shouldn't be thinking about yourself dying. You should mm -hmm. just go ahead and live, you know, live until you can. Don't think about, you know, certain things like that because the more you think about death, you know, we have certain cells in our body that, you know, diminish, diminishes our, our lifespan. Mm -hmm. So, our mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of the of the body, you know, every time here's death, you know, you know what it does? You have good cells and bad cells in your body. What it does, it go fights the good cells. Then you fall into depression. By the time you fall into depression, this is what can kill you. And depression can do so much and stress can do so much to your body, you know? So as Christians or as believers, you know, since the other people listening, don't think about death like that. You know, you, we know it's there. It's not something for you to go, you know, and focus on. You go, you know, you, you can't get no sleep on, you know. Just keep leaving, you know. This this life is all about. So, but uh, to get back to um, physical health, you know, it's a must. Anyone who does not do uh, any physical action will eventually, um, you know, get stroke or heart attack and especially to our african-american group it happens to us for the most time because we don't have the information mm -hmm. so that's what separates us from uh, you know pretty much other um, ethnic backgrounds out there so uh, it's pretty much a must mm -hmm. so in your experience have you had a chance to um, um are you seeing more younger people coming to your office or is it still older a lot more younger people yes. as well mm. yes so pretty much uh, I do a lot of adults, but the 
the ERNR has been pretty much bombarded by uh, a lot of youngins, you know, and there's a lot of factors that plays into that as well. And also for those, you know, guys who work out, so, <laughs> there's so much to say. It's just not enough time. And the topic, we don't want to story from the topic as well. So, for example, folks who work out and then go take those protein, they're doing harm to themselves. Like, for example, and like in the ER, the age range from patients we've been seeing were from 16 to pretty much 29 or 30. They wow. all come from, oh, I was working out. I took this pre-workout. By the time, you know, they come in palpitations and chest pain, then we check the liver and kidneys pretty much done from three weeks of taking those um, pre and post workouts. Three weeks. So, wow. Yes. So we do not need these things to get hypertrophy. I know they want to get big, but hypertrophy comes by lifting weights alone. You don't need to accelerate something to to buff you up. So when you do that, just know that your kidneys and your liver are paying for it. So there are certain chemicals that's in there and they tell it's clean, but nothing is really clean because anything that's like pretty much packed cannot be clean because it's 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 preserved. So they need to put something in there to to make it last. So when they tell you eat fresh things, that's what they mean by that. So it's uh, there's a lot of factors at place, but we've been seeing a lot of cases where well, right now the trend is a lot of people are going to sleep not waking up. I'm sure you guys have heard about that. Mm -hmm. So um, um, there's been a lot of stuff, you know, and there's some, certain things we can't really say on the air. So mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. So, yeah. um, but yeah, we've been seeing a lot of cases where um, things are happening. So especially mm -hmm. right now um since last year I, I mean you could you could google that if you want cardiology has um their their network has gone so high because of heart disease mm -hmm. and there's been so much to say about it so we'll probably have to separate that from another time but <laughs> yes yeah. uh, there's been a lot of cases where it comes to um uh, a lot of youngins especially from the race from 16 to 29 30 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So would you, um, you know, we, 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 we know that um, other than food, you know, we, we, we always talked mm -hmm. about replenishing our body. How important is right. water? How important is intake of water? Um, lots of people say, I don't like water. They prefer drinking caffeine drinks. And maybe you can touch a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. They prefer drinking a lot of fruit juices. They don't like the taste of water. And I'm like, well, water doesn't have a taste. But, you know, you just hear so much different uh, um, negative things about, you know, the healthier option. So how important is it, especially for the heart? Um, how important is water and the intake of water? Well, you know, as everyone knows, you know, water is a compound, you know, with a compound, what it does, it pretty much, you know, it, it filters your body, it washes you. So now just remember that everything you put in your body, right? Mm -hmm. Either going to harm you, that's either going to harm you or it's going to benefit your body. So you have mm -hmm. to choose between the two what you're putting into your body. So when you drink water, it pretty much helps your heart to sense the right messenger, right signals, and the right because it water turns into blood. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what water does to your body. So if you don't drink that, you're missing on a lot. And there's been a lot of misconception about you should be drinking um 
eight ounce of water or a gallon of water every day. That is not true. According to research and some of the stuff we did at Harvard, you know, it, it shows you that you, everybody's, everybody's water base is different. For example, it, it all based on your body size. So if you weigh a certain amount of weight, you can't drink the same amount of water that uh, a 200 pound person is, you know, weighs. So you can't, so you, you pretty much drink water according to your body size and your doctor or so forth will help you understand that. But um, you can't drink the same amount of what everyone's doing. And there's a lot of ways to get intake of water. Let's say you don't have time. You have a busy schedule. You drink two, two or three cups of water daily. You could still make up for that, the rest by eating fruits, vegetables, and all that stuff. They all have water in them. So you yeah. don't have to necessarily drink water straight if it's not, you know, to your likings. And to touch based on your caffeine, <laughs> Caffeine is, I don't, caffeine is toxic. It, it's not, so for example, right? We use, we use pretty much coffee and caffeine for detoxication of the body. So after patients get pretty much a nucleus stress test, you know, we inject you with a dye. We pretty much give you medication. And we, you know, we, we also scan you so that we can make sure you, when you go through MRI machine, we can see all the vessels in your body. So what we use, we use caffeine to detoxify your body so if you're taking this just as a drink you're only harming yourself and according to research it shows that people who drinks coffee will eventually have um what we call this is called atrial fibrillation so mm. atrial fibrillation is pretty much um when it's a heart rhythm that your body just you know out of nowhere starts getting out of you know for no reason so you start getting palpitations from but eventually you will develop what's called atrial fibrillation. So it's like, do you want to get that or you want to try something else to um, uh, to help your body get fluid? So caffeine overall is a bad idea. I know there's been a lot of research that tells you if you drink coffee, you'll live longer. If that's not true. You know, uh, what I like about science is that everything that you say, everything that you do must be able to get reviewed. Like for example, if I tell you uh, this pen is blue. When you go back and do that research, you must, the same steps I take, You, if 30 people go back to review the same thing, it must be able to find this pen is blue throughout the same concept that I take. So it's pretty much a recipe. When I give you a recipe, I say, follow that. This is the result you're going to get. So this is what peer review is. So there's not a lot of review that tells you it's good for you. It's not good for you. It only harms you to a lot of extent. You know, so this is something I tell my patients not to put in their body because it only uh, causes them more harm. Because some people will tell you, if I don't drink coffee today, I feel shaky. I feel this because it's it's a medication and you get palpitations for no reason. You know, your heart beats faster than normal. That's that's not good because every time your heart skips a beat, you're in danger. And I always tell folks and every time you get sick, you're closer to death than actually being back to normal. Mm. So think about that. When you're sick, even if it's just a regular fever, you're more likely to die than for you to come back to normal. So for you to come back to normal, you have to take a 360. But when you're sick, you could anything could easily go wrong and you die. Mm. Even if it's just a fever or a headache. So this is how we have to think about our health and our physical health. 
you uh you talked a lot about uh you know the diet and all that stuff which is interesting because when we had uh, one of the episodes previous episodes we had with our nurse practitioner she talked about diet as well as one of the main things that needs to be done in order to to stay away from um having stroke given that sometimes you might not be able to avoid it but given the connection with having a stroke and having a heart attack what is, what would you say is the correlation it sounds like they sort of are about following the same diet but what would you say is the correlation because as our listeners listening to this uh you know from the first episode to the to the to the rest of the episode we're trying to find a common denominator and it looks like diet seems to be one of the main components what is your mm-hmm. um what is your take on not just diet but the type of food that you would say that helps the heart to get to actually prevent some of the heart diseases that are popular out there you know regardless with you know our background and family history what are some of the mm-hmm. steps people can take in order to really try to their best to avoid some of these heart diseases okay so let me differentiate between um um heart attack and stroke versus stroke or let me just put it together for you so a heart attack and a stroke is pretty much the same thing one just happens in the brain and one's in the heart mm-hmm. so when you have a stroke it's pretty much like um um what's the simple word i can use it's it's it, it's it's pretty much like a when something just explodes mm-hmm. so it explodes in your brain you get a stroke when it explodes in your in your heart, this is what happens to a heart attack. So high blood pressure causing you, causes you to have a stroke and diabetes causes you to have a heart attack. So if you don't monitor your blood pressure, you will get a stroke. If you don't manage your diabetes, then you get a heart attack. So now in order for you to prevent these things, like I said, diet and exercise, the things you want to eat, like I said, first thing you want to get rid of get rid of your meat it it only kills you slow slower like it's like i said dr kim ones will tell you do you want to die like um of a shotgun or you want to hang yourself like he'll ask you how do you want to die and when patients ask him what do you mean he said well if you don't want none of these things and get rid of meat period you know it's 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 something that's not going to be easy to do but like i said it's um but you have to start thinking about that, you know, like I tell folks, if I can do it, you can do it. You know, I used to eat meat, name it, 24-7. You know, I wasn't born a vegan. <laughs> I was eating uh, eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, I used to eat three boxes of pizza, you know, every day. Yeah. But when I got into medicine and I, when I was doing pretty much uh you know my research my residency and i've seen so i've asked my preceptor so what causes um um patients to get you know stents removed or the valve replaced he said calcium i said hmm calcium i said so how does calcium get formed he said cholesterol i said hmm so i said because what is where does cholesterol come from Oh, our bodies makes cholesterol. I said, mm, that's good cholesterol. But he said, but how come it gets so overload that their valves are being removed or they need to get a stent? Oh, eating meat. I looked at him and said, what? <laughs> and guess what? He's not even a Christian or he's not even, 
I said, so how come people are still eating it? But when you really think about it, even when you tell people smoking is bad, they'll still do it. So you can't really like tell people, you know, or force them. They'll, they'll tell you, oh, well, I've smoked so many years, you know, and I haven't gotten it yet. Or people who don't smoke still get cancer. But guess what? If you didn't smoke, you probably could have lived longer. Some mm-hmm. people died at 100 years old. They were smokers. If you didn't die, you could have lived 120. So everything mm-hmm. you do pretty much slows your progress. You know, you could pretty much postpone your funeral. You know, this this is the baseline. So some of the things you want to avoid are pretty much a lot of greasy stuff, you know, the, the, the frying things, you know, because what they do, they clog your arteries slowly. This is one word I want the audience to remember, arteries, you know, once your arteries... So think of it uh, as a as a as a faucet. If your faucet gets clogged, you know nothing goes through it. So this is what uh, I want them to to remember. You know, once your arteries get clogged, you get everything. And on top of that, how do you get your arteries clogged? You know. So let me break it down to make it, you know, more easy for you guys to remember. So anything, any disease that happens in our body happens through inflammation. Mm-hmm. So. Once you get any inflammation, it causes you to have any disease. So, for example, you see how, and to answer, you go back to your question, why, you know, medicine, why, you know, the heart. It's because everything affects the heart. So, um, even someone who is complaining of arthritis, it is because the heart is not 100%. So, when the heart is not able to uh, talk, blood the right way there's inflammation there so it cannot send signals to blood to to your legs so one of the major things you have in your body is from your legs all the way to your back that's why you will see sometimes people complain of i have back pain it starts from my leg so people complain of sciatica all the time i'm sure you heard of um uh, of such things so it's pretty much by inflammation so Every time you can decrease inflammation in the body, it prevents you from getting any time, especially heart attack or stroke. So the things you want to eat, you want to stay away from, you know, cheesy stuff, you know, the the, the meats. You want to stay away from um, um, the, the, the ice creams. You know, try some good alternative. Eat high fiber stuff because high fiber is really good for you. You know, not only does it keep you full, but it, it, it makes your digestion go much easier and fast. All these things help w- with um, how your body functions. So you don't want to put toxic things in your body. I always tell my patients, if you put toxic things in your body, then I have to use a toxic way to get it out. So mm-hmm. if you put toxic things, I have to cut you open uh, to get it out. But if you put good stuff in your body, then it comes out by itself. So they tell you every time you eat something, it must be able to come out by itself. So when you eat meat or any cheesy stuff, it takes days and weeks to come out because it doesn't digest. So by the time for you to go eat something else again, it overlaps. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure you eat good stuff, high fiber stuff and a lot of fruits and vegetables. Not only that, you know, you'll feel better. You know, you'll definitely live longer and the body has a way to pretty much... um. Uh, reverse itself when you're sick so if you put good stuff in there you're more likely to rebound faster than someone who doesn't do the right thing yeah i i i appreciate you know hearing it you know from me especially 
you know, being a physician, because we don't often hear that, Pete. We don't often hear mm -hmm. um, um, physicians necessarily speaking um, about the right things to put in our bodies and to keep certain things out. You're always taught, you know, or you hear in moderation, in moderation, but not necessarily sharing. If you eat this, this is how it affects you. And so it's, it's important for our listeners to even, you know, and I hope our listeners, if, if you do have physicians like Dr. Alcid, um, it is a blessing to have someone that's going to be honest, um, because I know so many may not have that opportunity to have someone that's going to help them and steer them in the right direction. Um, and so I, I think it, it, it's, it's an honor and a, and a privilege for all of your patients to come and see you and not only um, to guide them into the right direction, but also showing them that you practice what you preach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you practice yeah. so, what you preach. So. Like you said, that, that was one of the reasons why I became vegan. I said, if I'm going to tell my patients, don't do this, don't do that, I have to be an example myself to do it. So if I'm going to tell you this is what happens, you know, um, I have to be able to practice it. So um, it, it became natural once you... Once you do that, then you can tell, you can share. Because if you're not able to um, to live in under, because when I tell patient comes to me and says, hey, I'm having this, I should be able to tell you, I understand. But most people don't understand because they don't know what's going on. So if I know what I'm telling you, then you go ahead and do it. You understand, we're both on the same page. We'll connect that way. So this is one of the things I always have to practice, you know. Um, do what I say, and then we'll take it from there. Mm -hmm. So I know some listeners, Dr. Alcide, will may ask, they may be asking, okay, well, Doc, I hear what you're saying. So what would a diet look like? So what is an example, if you if you can, if you don't mind sharing maybe on, on a day, like let's say tomorrow's Monday, um, yeah. what, what, what is your diet, what does your menu look like? So how would you start All your right. day and end it? So I always start my day with a smoothie, pretty much. I mean, once I exercise, it gets me hungry anyway. So I always start my day with a smoothie. So in my smoothie, um, so I, I don't know. I'm I'm going to charge you guys a lot for this, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I always start my day with a smoothie. So my smoothie um, contains, uh, you know, carrots, strawberries, oatmeal, um, uh, two spoons of um, almond, um, peanut butter. I put some, um, I use water or the almond milk mm -hmm. and I put some honey in there and that keeps me full until I don't really get lunch. <laughs> so it's like, I could be eating and there's a case I get page to go see a case. So it really matters. But if I do bring lunch, I, I, I stick on bulgur for the most, most part. Mm -hmm. So I eat that pretty much or quinoa, you know, things like that. And um, for supper, I can eat that as well, or I have a shake or things like that. But I I, I try to start my day with a, a heavy meal. And on top of my breakfast, I mean, I eat quite a lot, to be honest. So I can have plantains with that, or I can have um, um breadfruit, you know, I have those things. And um um I, I always have snacks with me um like I have almonds or pistachios you know things like that but in the morning I eat heavily and um you know they always tell you breakfast is the most important meal of the day and it is so true because um if you start your day right then um you won't get too full you won't um feel so hungry 
um by by the time we eat lunch and so forth so that's what uh my uh diet looks like so awesome that's good to know you know i know our listeners may say okay well you know uh, if, they, if they have had thoughts they're like okay well what should i do what should i do well they're hearing it from the doc hey you know, right i mean i'll if peterson i mean i'm sure peterson has those things as well but i can always send them you know the recipes you know and he'll share it with whoever needs them why not not only do you get a bet like uh strawberries you know all these things are anti-aging and are there's like superfoods so only they work great for your heart you know mm -hmm. and you get a lot of potassium from them as well which is very very good for your heart so um uh and it keeps you young so <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you might as well reap the benefits all at once you know and um i've i've done a lot of research on breakfast and other stuff i'm I don't want to say mine is the best one, but it, it sits at the top of um one of the best breakfasts uh, you can actually have. Not only is high fiber, it's heart healthy, uh, number one, and um it's uh it's uh it, it's filling. So, but of course, because I eat a lot, I always eat additional things because after a workout, I get so hungry, and <laughs> like I said, you know, um you have to exercise. So uh, even on a busy schedule, I live. I leave my home about 6, 15, 6, 30, trying to get to the hospital on time. So I still have to kick in a good 45-minute uh, workout, and it's a must. If I don't even do – if I don't do that, I can't think, well, I can't I – can't, I, it, it just goes well. So after I work, I, I get a good breakfast, and the wife does a pretty good job of preparing things for me. So it's, uh, it helps out. That's a good – yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. a blessing. Definitely, yeah, sure. definitely. <clears throat> now uh, my question is really what a lot of the audience is thinking about and given that we've talked about a lot of these uh you know diets and 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 the different type of food and that helps with your mood and your your body and things like that. we've talked about a lot of them in different uh different episodes but of course with this week we really want the audience to capture exactly what is good especially coming from the professionals who we have lined up to make sure that they, they can't say, okay, it's just information we've researched because we read a lot of stats and some of the information that we've gotten ourselves from our from our own um, field. But for those people who say, YOLO, you, you want to live your life, you want to enjoy your life and eating a piece of chicken is what's going to make me happy. What do you say to that? Well, let me tell you, I, I, I meet those, well, the institution I work at, I pretty much see all varieties of patients where it comes to ethnicities. I've seen pretty much everything. And guess what? They say YOLO right now, but it's not until they're dying. So, so please do everything you can to save me. I look at them and say, so you want to be saved now? <laughs> so you really want this now? And they tell, I'll do whatever it takes. I said, really? So they, they say that right now because they're not. But once you're in pain, you're, you know you're dying. Mm -hmm. You're gonna do whatever it takes. So I've had the most. I've had gang members who come to me. I don't care. I'm dying, bro. Oh, it's not. I'm. I'm going down, bro. I'm going down hard. Once I come in the room, I say, "You just had a heart attack, and we're gonna have to operate." Oh no, 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 no! Please, 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 please. What should I do? I'll change everything right now. I'll change everything right now. So they, they pretty much are just putting up a front for now, but everybody comes down when they're in pain so mm. you you can't just look at yourself 
And sometimes it takes a little bit of uh, psychology as well to talk to the patient, tell them, you know, what's really important to them. Do they have, you know, a family? Do they have kids? Do they want to see those kids? And um, and it's it's funny how you even ask that question because uh, I don't know if you guys heard of the um, the pig transplant that um, they're giving to human beings. Okay, so pretty much a part of that as well. So um, uh, we we had a patient where the, that patient wanted to walk their daughter down to the aisle, and mm. they had a bad heart. So now. Um, they wanted to walk her down the aisle. The wedding was in like a, a month. So, and uh, we told them, okay, we can give you a pig heart, but um, it's only going to last maybe six to eight weeks because it's it's a trial we're doing. So it's pretty much trying to see. He's like, yeah, I don't care. I, I give it to me, you know? So really, you know, surgery went through and he walked his daughter down. The aisle. He, was, he was the happiest man alive because he said, Two day extension, he didn't care. You know, three days, he didn't care. He just wanted to see his daughter walking down the aisle. But before, guess what? He was the kind of guy, oh yeah, I'll die. I will never stop eating meat and I'll go down, I'll do this, I'll do that. But when it came down to what's really important to them, so that's why it's always good for a physician to actually listen and target certain areas where patients are most vulnerable, not for you know, their purpose, but trying to get them to understand, you know, the, the more you connect with your patients, the more they'll tell you, you know, I, I, I sometimes have patients who just comes in, start talking about marriage out of nowhere. Oh, I just feel so comfortable with you. I just feel like, and they start telling me, I'm like, um, but I really got to step out to, um, <laughs> to the OR, so I got to run, but they just, you know, some, the more you connect, so it's the connection, I would say, to answer your question, the more you connect with them, the more they'll tell you, and the more they tell you, the more you can actually treat them. So the, the better the connection, the better the treatment. So yeah. and like I like to do with my patients, I like to, uh, I don't like to treat um, symptoms or uh, things. I like to get to the core. What, what actually caught, what started it, you know? Because mm -hmm. if you treat what started it, then the root of things, you know, you'll get better out of um, um, your prognosis and the, your patients will actually um appreciate that more so that's what i would say to answer that question yeah. i like that um you said something that that just stuck to me and it, it kind of sparked my brain when you said connecting connections connections and i think for our listeners it's important to remember your heart is connected to every part of your body not Everything. one organ yep it's not it, not one organ works on its own without being connected so when you mentioned the mm -hmm. liver the liver goes bad, the kidneys go bad. If the kidneys go bad, then it's all these different parts of your body's affected. Your heart goes bad. And if your heart goes bad, you can't think right. clearly. And eventually, your body starts to break down. And so if right. our listeners can take that into consideration, when, when doing anything, just remember that whatever you do, not only is it going to affect that organ, but it's going to affect your whole entire body. Your whole body, your mood, everything changed. So let, let me ask you a question now. Mm -hmm. What do you think, or Christians, or um, what do you think God wants from us? Or what do you think women wants from us? The heart. Once they get the heart, right? Yeah, <laughs> <You're done>. yeah. <laughs> they don't need anything else once once they get that heart. So that's that's how 
you got to think of it. <laughs> you're Once right. they have that heart, you're you're done. So that, that they just need to be able to get in there. Once they get mm. in there, that's it. That's it. So this is this is how you got to think. Your I'm gonna be a little biased there and say the heart is the most important organ. You know, <laughs> because mm. the one reason why you know, like with the brain, it's we don't even uh, according to stats and um, research, we don't use you know, all of our brains, we use about 40 to 50% of it. So the rest is just there. Mm. And this is why I always tell people God exists because can you imagine we have that brain, but we don't use all of it. So he controls that other half. Mm. Not no, remotely, but to show you that there is a God that he does exist. So mm -hmm. we only use 40 to 45, max 50 of it so the rest so that's why i felt like you know with the heart there's more i can do for a patient there's more i can do so this is one of the reasons why i went into that um specialty as well now we we do appreciate it i know you're as i as i shared earlier um i know that your patients are truly blessed and um when they do walk into the room it's not just a job for you but it's a purpose you know to serve and to right. um hopefully and prayerfully that <clears throat> once that you know patient walks out whether out of your office or the or that you've you know you've done your best and that hopefully that patient will make the changes that they need in order to live um the best life that they can mm -hmm. and one thing you shared which is important too is prevention is better than cure so when you teach our clients about or your patients about changing their diet and and, and preventing certain things it's so important for our listeners to remember that no matter what you do, prevention is better to prevent some yes. things rather than getting it. And then, yes, of the course, yeah. of course, mm -hmm. as we get closer to finishing up, I, I, I want to at least point out something. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, I mean, you may have sound advice, but I think it is important to know that, yeah, the heart is one of the most important things. And and the thing is, and it is the hardest thing to get a transplant you in the hospital. So yeah, people could donate a lot of the other organs, but no mm -hmm. living human thing and say, I'll donate my heart or a piece of my heart and you still live. You see, so mm -hmm. that's always an important thing, knowing that it's that important, you know, you need a full one to actually live. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, people should definitely take better care of that in their body, if anything else. And the good thing is if you're taking good care of your heart the way you should, the rest of the body is good. Because yep. the, the 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 diet you keep for your heart, the exercises you do on a regular basis, the you know, the 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 meditations, prayer, whatever you you do to calm and relax your heart is good for the whole body. It's just a matter of actually targeting the most important part and then you're good to go. And the rest of it sort of comes along as the benefit. You know, but as we get close, uh, as we close down, now, uh, 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 Phoenix, tell tell the audience <clears throat> what exactly do you want them to capture from this uh, episode? Because you know, again, they're gonna be listening to four different episodes, and all of it is really focusing on getting themselves be in better shape to be better and live better. What is the one thing or two things that you want them to remember by the end of this episode? So I want them to remember that knowledge is power, mm -hmm. you know, with, um, you know, it's, we're, 
we're going to reference real quick to the Bible here in Hosea 4, verse 6. You know, it says, you know, my people are being destroyed due to lack of knowledge, right? So I know that um, in our community, we don't really sometimes have the opportunity to gain certain information, certain knowledge. So by listening to this, whoever is listening, um, I would like for them to, you know, try to do their best pretty much, you know. And um, I want to leave you guys with some tips of how pretty much to prevent strokes. And since we're talking about physical health, you know, the number one thing, you know, we mentioned um, that you want to do is pretty much you want to um, exercise because by exercising, you will keep your your blood pressure down, you know, and there's a lot of um, role that comes into blood pressure as well. I know they usually say for um, uh, blood pressure to be normal, it's got to be 120 over 80. But it depends on who's calculating, like from a cardiologist standpoint, you know, you want to keep that diastolic level down. The diastolic is the number down. If it could be 60 or 70, it's much better because we have prehypertension and we have chronic hypertension. But like I said, there's a lot of writing that comes to high blood pressure, but you want to keep that number, the top number, you know, between the uh, the 116 and 120 and the bottom one, not 80, but less than 80, you know, to a certain extent. Um, and also um, you want to have a good diet. You know, I want to let them know that your diet is everything. The diet plays a role about 30% in you preventing a heart attack um, or stroke. So by having a good diet, you pretty much setting yourself up to prevent, you know, any stroke or heart attack because just because your family had it, doesn't mean you have to have it. You know, your genetics only plays 15, 20%. So you don't have to go that route, you know? So eat certain things that's not going to clog your arteries, like trying to stay away from meat as much as you can, you know, from cheese, you know, from milk, all these things. And I know they always tell you, drink your milk to get strong in bones. That's not true. Milk actually weakens your bones, you know? Uh, the more milk you drink, I I'm going to ask you guys, you guys don't see like arthritis, and certain these used to be like in the older age. Mm -hmm. Now you don't see more kids having arthritis. Like for example, kids who are sixteen and twenty having arthritis now. Do you know why? It's because the bones are weaker. So how do you get that by drinking too much milk? So it, milk actually breaks the calcium in your body. It doesn't obtain calcium in your body. So all these things are like misinformation that has been given out there. You know, so the. Uh, the, the reason why you want to put good things in your body is because of, uh, you know, these things. So it's like we we want to um, pretty much um, guide ourselves, you know, because um, if if we don't if we don't do what we're supposed to do, we we're going to pay for the price anyway. So mm -hmm. there's not much we can really do when it's too late, because when it's too late, your body pretty much um, not going to be able to reverse certain things, you know. Um, also, if you're going to drink something, trying to drink water instead of, um, um, drinking coffee or, you know, those, um, uh, those sodas, those things, you know, if you're going to drink them, you know, and they say, uh, apple, eat apple away, you know, it leaves you away from the doctor, you know? So apple is really, is one snack or one thing I, I would say, if you haven't been consuming, you should really you know, consume one apple per day, preferably the red, because there's more, um, there's more, uh, a lot of vitamin and fiber in it that's good for your heart. So all these things you want to apply them. So um, 
of course, by exercising in the right thing, you will avoid what we call atrial fibrillation. You know, so if you stay away from coffee, you don't have to worry about atrial fibrillation. And atrial fibrillation is one of the main causes of having a stroke. Because my atrial fibrillation, remember when I said um, um, having a stroke versus a, a heart attack is the same thing. Once happens in the brain and once happens in the heart. So atrial fibrillation starts in the heart with it's a rhythm that your heart beats extra, extra fast. So before you have a stroke, you have atrial fibrillation you probably didn't know about. So the best way to mm -hmm. find that out is to get regular checks. How do you get regular checks? Go to your doctor. Say, I want to get an EKG. You know, based on your EKG, he'll, he'll be able to tell you how your heart is doing, you know. So regular checks is better than letting it wait too long. Yeah, yes, I was question about the checkup too, because I know a lot of people probably wonder when you say get regular checks uh, for different things, it could be, um, you know, different amount of time or um, uh, <clears throat> so how often would you say if somebody wants to check on their heart? That's a good amount of time for them to check. Like, was it, would you say every month, every three months, every six months? How often would you say is a good time to wait to check on it unless they have some emergency, obviously? So that, that would be a good timeline to check on a regular basis. So regular checks, it, it depends on your age. So let's say I wouldn't expect anyone to have any cardiac issues at, you know, in your teenage, unless you were born with like a, Heart defect. A heart, yeah, heart defect or anything like that, or a murmur or, you know, things like that. Uh, but if you haven't, I would say, you know, between your, between 25, you know, you could start, you know, getting checkups. And from age 25 to 30, or 32, um, every six months, every year, or if you're into um, uh, uh, exercise or activities at school, you know, you'll get a physical anyway. So you could check those things. And to go back to Edson's question, um, uh, one of the reasons why people are uh, young men or female or young teens have been collapsing and dying is what condition we call hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which a lot of um, people develop while, you know, um, they don't know, they, they just happen to have it, but you only detect that when they're playing sports because they, that's when they just collapse, suddenly mm -hmm. collapse and then they either die if they make it or they, they usually just pass out. Mm. So the main way to treat that is to stop playing sports. But you might never find out unless you're actually being active. So that's one of the uh, the reasons why to answer. But there's another one, but we can't really mention out of the air. So, um, mm -hmm. but um, um, uh, the hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is actually another cause we've been seeing a lot lately in the hospital where patient comes in and um having a lot of issues so um but it's it's detected when you're being active if you're not active you probably will never see because no one actually believes that um someone's gonna have any cardiac issue you know when they're in high school or anything like that but if you do have uh, let's say a family history of that then you could just get it checked you know but a simple ekg can tell you all of that so this is one of the reasons why um, I like that feel because uh, a simple EKG can tell you so much about what's going on. And from ages from 40 to um, 40, 50, 60, I would say every three to six months, you should, you should um, get checked, you know, and a simple blood work as well can tell you if you're at risk of a heart attack or a stroke, because, mm -hmm. because there are certain, 
there are certain markers that we check for, you know, HRCP we check for that can tell you if it's elevated, then you're at risk of getting a heart attack or stroke. So by just getting a simple blood work, you can check. And um, that, uh, this, these are really, you know, you can prevent them. Just because your family had them doesn't mean you have to go through the same route. So um, all these things and are good prevent, you know, preventative and diabetes, you know, once you get blood work, they'll tell you if your diabetes is controlled or not controlled, then this will prevent you from having a stroke or heart attack. Because like I said, it starts in the heart, but it could finish up in the brain. So the same thing happens, but ones get more affected. So if your blood pressure is not controlled, it's chronic, eventually you will eventually die. Not die, but you will get um, um, a stroke. Another one I want to point out there, because I know your listeners are probably have that question of mark. For those who've been having constant headache, this is a sign of a stroke as well. So if you've been having a lot of headaches, that means you're not getting enough oxygen to the brain. So which means it is a sign that you must see a doctor. We do have a... Um, a headache that comes to point where if you even have it, you could die, you know? Um, so it's, um, they call it the worst headache of your life. It's, it's a hemorrhagic. You just pretty much subarachnoid hemorrhage. So you just explode in your head and you, you just, you've been lucky. If you don't get to the hospital within three to five minutes, you will eventually die. So a sign of a constant headache is a big issue for stroke. So this is one thing I wanted to point out there um, for the listeners that um, just having a headache is, is not as simple as you think it is. There's a lot going on. So you might want to check um, what's going on in your head. So, And if you smoke, quit smoking because this is a good sign of you uh, pointing towards having a, um, a heart attack, but most likely a stroke. So smoking does a lot of things. Smoking hardens the arteries. And did you know that by smoking only, you pretty much telling, by smoking only, you, you could get about 37 different types of cancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about it, did you even think there was 37 types of cancer? But yes, just by smoking alone, you can get 37 ty different types of cancer. So... Mm -hmm. It's always good to do the right thing. Sometimes being boring is, is, is good, <laughs> you know? Being boring is good. I'm a boring person at work. They know I don't eat everything. I don't do everything, you know? I don't drink, I don't smoke, I, I, I don't eat their food. So it's like, oh, this guy is so different. But guess what? When I bring my food, they all want to have it. Oh, I know so, he's so he's this, so let me have, I said, you can cook that at home too, you know, but not yours. They want that. <laughs> How do you stay so fit? How do you stay so healthy? Well, eat that, but they want to eat it from me. They don't want to make it themselves. So all these things, you make a difference. And for mm -hmm. those of, you know, this, this is a way of preaching the gospel as well. You don't have to actually do a lot, you know, just by the way you interact with the way you do things, you can, you can do so much. So this little tips uh, I wanted to live with the audience, you know, it, because um, I like to give people advice based on what I see that's going on, uh, like in the OR. So I kind of like give you guys a cheat sheet <laughs> of what's happening so you guys can actually try to make some changes. Because if I see it so much, that means it's, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. So especially from, from 
or age range. So it's um, um whenever I have to give like a a a, 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 sp a talk or a speaking engagement at a church or whatever it is and uh preaching or whatnot, I always tell them, hey, this is what I'm seeing. So you be careful. And since you guys are family already, I always want to give him the heads up. Hey, be careful with this because if I'm seeing you the same way, it you know it it would hurt more. You understand? So it's like you want to give that advantage to those you can actually spread it out there. So this is um these are the kind of tips I would give the audience and listeners, and I hope they take them into consideration because they will definitely see major changes and in, in their life. And uh, number one thing is just trying to prevent from letting it too far. So it's um it's always good to um do the right thing, stay boring, you live longer. Awesome. Awesome. I mean I, I really hope the audience take these things too hard. I mean you literally get a cheat sheet as you take the exam. I mean, there's no reason to fail. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, again, we've been talking about some of these things and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we're able to get you to come on and really talk about it, you know, in detail and really tell them, you know, not only just based on your studies and research, but experiences uh, at the workplace and with other people, family members, and stuff like that. So that way, they like the audience can know. Okay, this information is just not coming from just what we read from books or over Google, but information that has come from the expert who is in the field doing their thing. Anything else you want to add, Edson? Before we close out? No, I mean we we covered it. You know, we this this conversation can go on and on and on. Yeah. But um, but we definitely want we want our listeners to want Dr. Alsey to come back again when he has an opportunity, but, you know, we, we, we truly thank you um, just for being on the, uh, on, 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 um, on this episode. I've learned um, a lot. And um, you think you said uh, the key is prevention is better than cure. I'd rather be healthy than, you know, I'd rather be healthy and boring yes. than being in that OR. And you're like, I told you yeah. so. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, like I always tell folks, you know, if if I tell you don't know, listen, and if I have to see you like in the hospital or in the OR, I'm charging you extra because you you've had a heads up. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so. Because yeah, if I, it's like even when I used to teach, if if you were in the class and I talked about it, we reviewed and you were there, you basically have a a, 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 a an outline of what the exam looks like, but then. Mm -hmm you took the exam and failed it, you know, you deserve some spanking, you know, you deserve punishment. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's good to know that, you know, <clears throat> now the audience, of course, might have some questions and when they do, I'll definitely let you know to come back, uh, you know, come back, uh, you know, so we can talk about more, whether it's a different topic or specific questions that we may have for you, but we'll see how it goes because this next month is going to be very packed up for a lot of for a lot of uh, a lot of people, and hopefully the information they're getting is gonna be they're gonna use it and 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 uh, live a better life. So and again, as we close, we want to remind everybody: I am remarkably made. You are remarkably made. We are remarkably made. And therefore, it's worth living. <laughs>